This podcast is brought to you by Nerd Wallet. Are you paying for your me time with just any credit card in your wallet? While you shouldn't stop treating yourself, you should start paying with a credit card that has perks. Nerd Wallet lets you compare top travel credit cards side by side to maximize your spending. Some even offering 10 times points on your spending. So what could future you do with better rewards? A free flight? Room upgrades? Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and term supply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Next Question with Katie Couric is a production of iHeartRadio and Katie Couric Media. Hi, everyone. I'm Katie Couric, and welcome to Next Question, where we try to understand the complicated world we're living in and the crazy things that are happening by asking questions and by listening to people who really know what they're talking about. At times, it may lead to some pretty uncomfortable conversations, but stick with me, everyone. Let's all learn together. Born in Texas and raised in West Virginia, Jennifer Garner radiates girl-next-door charm if the girl next door to you happens to be a gorgeous A-list movie star. She's played a CIA agent. I'll be there in two minutes. A 13-year-old trapped in a 30-year-old's body. Yesterday was my 13th birthday. And then today I woke up and I'm this. And a doctor in search of a cure for AIDS. The whole purpose of this study is to determine if AZT is helping people. Come on, Amy, you know there ain't no help in me. Doesn't mean I'm going to stop trying. She's racked up four Emmy nominations as well as a Golden Globe. And she's also an ambassador for Save the Children. Now she's playing the role of entrepreneur. She's co-founded Once Upon a Farm, which serves up organic, healthy baby food. Meanwhile, she's serving up meals of her own on her pretend cooking show on Instagram. This piece of tilapia is trying to mess with my head. Clearly, she's got a lot on her plate. So my next question is, could Jennifer Garner be as nice as she seems? I recently met up with her in Boston to find out. So let's talk about your kids for a moment, because I really admire how you protect your kids. Mm -hmm. And I think that's hard for people who are in the public eye. So you have three great kids, Violet, Serafina, and Samuel. They're 13, 10, and 7. And I know that maintaining their privacy is really important, and especially in this era of social media, Jen, where people are plastering their kids 
all over the place. It's so I know fun it's, to see. It's fun to see, and I know it's out of love, but I actually think about this whole idea of sharenting. Mm-hmm. You know, is that something that is ultimately going to be really healthy for a way a child sees himself or herself? I'm curious why you made that decision. It kills me because, of course, I want to share them. I'm so proud of them, and I think they're really funny and cute. The real thing is that there is no judgment in what other people do. It is such a personal choice, and there's no saying who's right and who's wrong. I certainly don't don't stand on any kind of high horse. Um, but my kids, we really were hunted for you know for for so long, and it's. I am not a why me, wham wham person who put myself out in public and then said, why are you taking pictures of me? But it was so out of control and it it really marked uh, my children's experience out in the world. Right. And who it shaped who they became in certain ways. It was such a problem that in 2013, Jennifer appeared before the California legislature. I don't want a gang of shouting, arguing, law-breaking photographers who camp out everywhere we are, all day, every day, to continue traumatizing my kids. Thank you for the opportunity to testify today. (laughs) Sorry. I'd be happy to answer any questions. I fought very, very hard. Um, Halle Berry was the leader, but I fought, you know, as her soldier. You testified. I testified. And we hosted gatherings at our house for law enforcement to hear about the new law. And my daughter, who was five or six at the time, stood up and gave a speech she had written about the experience of being a child confronted with these huge cameras. And so it just feels hypocritical to me to have done that and, been, you know, put myself out there in that way and then turn around and use my own children for my gain. Wow, to hear your little girl's speech at five or six in oh. front of a whole crowd, that must have been... It was her first time speaking in front of anyone, and it was something that she... There are a few kids who have that kind of authority about what it's like to have huge men with huge cameras running at your face all the time and she was she was very articulate about it wow Mm -hmm. and you all had success because a law was passed in 2013 Mm -hmm. tell me what that law says and if it's in fact changed things the law says that paparazzi cannot lie in wait outside your home outside of a school, you know, I would get to the pediatrician's office and be running in with a sick child in my arms and they'd be blocking my entrance and I'd say, please guys, let me through, please let me. I never had fewer than six cars running red lights behind me, doing anything to be with me. And on weekends, it would be- So menacing. 20. It was, it's such a bummer. It's like a bummer even to talk about because you just feel like, why give it attention? But it did help and it helped quite a bit. There's still a few at school and someday I, they, when they least expect it, I'm going to have them arrested. They really congregate at church, which is a security issue for us. And that is something that I have trouble with. But they know they're going to get a shot. They know the shot will sell. At church. Every Sunday. And it was the barrier for me taking my children to church for so long. I just didn't want to, I didn't want to put us all through it. And then I just had a, a conversation with myself and decided to just go for it. And it is what I thought it would be. But they, they march through. They really love their church. So it's okay. Well, you know, nothing, I don't think, prepares you for raising your kids in this environment, and especially because you had such a different upbringing. I know you were born in Houston. You moved to West Virginia when you were three years old to Charleston. Your dad was a chemical engineer. Your mom was a homemaker who later became an English teacher. Am I getting all this right? Yes. Okay, good. And I think the way you were raised, and we talked about it a little bit earlier today, 
was so antithetical to the environment that you kind of are in and that the way you could potentially be sucked into raising your kids, if this is making any sense. But I laughed. You said you were raised almost Amish. Yes. <laughs> and what did you mean by that? I mean that did my... you not have zippers? <laughs> no, we could have zippers and buttons. That, that we were allowed, not just straight pins. But we couldn't perm our hair. My ears aren't pierced. We couldn't wear makeup or, you know, have nail polish on. That's just my dad. He just wanted us to be very simple girls. There was no emphasis in my house on looks. It was who you were. It was practice your piano and do your homework and go to ballet class. And go to college. Go to college. We all knew we were going to go to college, which is a big deal since my parents, they were the first of their entire families to go. And you're the middle sister. I am very much. Do you have any of the middle child neuroses that sometimes happens? Middle children don't have neuroses, Katie. <laughs> because <laughs> they because you're the youngest. Um, <laughs> let, me, let me point out that middle children are the most well-adjusted. Contrary to my history, they're the schooled. one you <laughs> They are the, um, they are, we, we are the peacemakers. We're flexible. And we do, and this is true as well, want attention. I have one sister who's a CPA and one who is in marketing, and I'm the one who's like, yucky, yucky, yucka, look at me. <laughs> <laughs> That's unusual, isn't it, for the middle child? Yeah, I think the middle usually once. Feels like they've kind of got left out because they're sandwiched between the oldest and the youngest a little yes, bit. yeah. Mm-hmm. That's so funny. Are you close to your sisters? Very close to both of them. I've spoken to both of them in the last 24 hours. And I know that Nicole, your manager, who I had so much fun talking to recently at a dinner, I think not only kind of protecting your kids from outside forces, but you also have to protect your kids from stuff that's written about you and them and their dad. You just don't read anything, she said. Oh, I am so serious about it. You know when you just realize that something is making you so unhappy and Anything that I saw in print about myself, my family at all, was just, it mattered to me too much. And you don't have control over it. There's nothing you can do. And I just made a decision. I am never going to see my name in print (laughs) if I can help it. Other than like, if it's the New York Times, if you want to talk about Once Upon a Farm, I'm in. But this morning when I saw my name in the your wake up call, I was thrilled. But otherwise, I don't look at A lot of sites I used to love, Huffington Post, CNN, they have a celebrity part of them, and I just can't see it. And what about your kids? You know, it's funny because my daughters get anxious about social media, one in particular. She has sort of a phobia about it. Do you worry about the prevalence of social media and how ubiquitous it is and your kids like not wanting to, but somehow seeing stuff or even the role it's playing in the lives of children everywhere? Without even having parents who are well-known, I worry about all kids having to deal with this new pressure. My daughter's at an all-girls school, and it's such a huge problem, and she'll occasionally talk to me about getting Instagram, and I can see why, because I'm on there, and it's something kind of fun that I do, and I am I am modeling the opposite of what I want for her to do. How often I, is that in parenting? And I just say, when you can show me studies that say that teenage girls are happier using Instagram than not, then we can have the conversation. But everything you look at, I don't see anything positive for you out there. You can look at mine when you want to. We can go over it together. But I just don't see it. Tell me a little bit about your use of Instagram. Hi, my name is Jen. And we're having a pretend cookie show. Because I think you're so great at it and everything is 
very authentic and fun and your pretend cooking show and sort of the things you share. Some of this, parsley. Mm. Pardon me. It's been brought to my attention that this is cilantro, not parsley. I do feel like, actually, I know you now. I feel Isn't the same cr- about you. I know. It is. It's, it's, it is but it's, in a way, it's so nice. It is. It makes you feel more connected. It does. I joined Instagram because of Once Upon a Farm. It was very much part of the deal. And I did it kicking and screaming. But that's how much I wanted to be involved with this company. And when I did it, you know, there are all these companies in LA that will come in and do your social media for you. And I just said, I can't do that. I can't introduce something like that. So I have had the same woman working with me for Mo. Mo. I met Mo yes. this morning. Um, for six and a half years. She's videotaping right now. Hi, um, Mo. <laughs> so Mo started as my assistant six and a half years ago. And I just kind of throw different things at her. Friends have gotten married at my house. And I've said, you're the wedding planner. Or, you know, <laughs> kind of whatever I toss her way. She's amazing. So Mo was a natural to curate Jennifer's Instagram feed. So she was a film major at Northwestern, and I said, you are doing this with me, and we're going to do it. I said, I have to be able to do this my way. I can't, like, post three things a day, plus story, plus this, plus I just can't do it. So I just put out there what felt right for me, and that's what I keep doing. And sometimes we'll go a week and put up one or, you know, we don't announce it, we just do it. I took a digital detox for a week and I stayed off social media just because I felt like missed you. it was, <laughs> well, thank you. But I sort of felt like it was an added pressure in a way. I mean, I love it, but I also feel like, oh gosh, I better do something. So really? it's kind of a mixed bag, isn't it? It is definitely an added pressure. There is no doubt about that. It is a job, especially the way we approach it. We kind of, we go for it and produce things and, and do it. I'm with Mo all the time anyway, and we're so close. People think we're sisters all the time, which is a huge compliment to me, but she's always got her phone on, you know, she yeah. just films me doing dumb things. And then she's such a great editor that she turns it into something. We're going to take a quick break here, but when we come back, we'll hear more from Jennifer about building a business from the ground up, her love of food, and our mutual celebrity crush. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. 
It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. As a longtime ambassador for Save the Children, Jennifer Garner is a fierce advocate for kids in some of America's most underserved communities. Two years ago, she decided to approach the issue of childhood hunger from a different angle, joining the board of a small mission-driven startup aimed at making high-quality organic baby food affordable for all families. I asked her about what it's like to immerse herself in the world of business. I just think what you're doing is such an interesting new chapter for you. You're learning about business and how to run a company. And so you're getting a whole new skill set, which must be both daunting, but also really gratifying. So gratifying. I'm sure you have felt this way. I'm sure I see you doing it now where you think, okay, this is what I know how to do sort of ish. How can I expand (laughs) on that? What more can I ask of myself, but still be me? I couldn't have a, a better mentor and buddy to do it with. But I do sit in meetings and write down everything and circle the things I don't know. And some are just basic business terms. I, I really never took a business class. People kept talking about the ROI. I didn't know what it was. Um, it's return on investment. Um, <laughs> Thank you. And I, I, I did not know net versus gross. And I still get confused if I don't, if I, I have to think about it because I never learned it organically. I've learned it in the process. But I think it's so important, especially for women, to understand business better because I do think it holds us back. But I know I never felt very confident in my business acumen or knowledge. And I think if I had a better foundation, it would have helped me in a myriad of ways professionally. So I think some basic business things are really important, especially for girls. I think so they seem too, to be afraid of it a little. The other side of that is that I think that we can't be afraid to be beginners at any stage in your life. And I try to always have something that I'm a beginner on. Like I started tennis lessons for the first time in my life last week, or I learned to ski when I was 40 or, you know, and so you, you've got to fight for being a beginner and not let yourself be embarrassed. And I just am wholeheartedly a novice and thrilled about it. I love that. I'm going to put that like on a bumper sticker or on a pillow or something. I like that. And when it comes to developing the products, Jen, I think it must be really fun, actually, because you love to cook. You have your pretend cooking show on Instagram, (laughs) which I love to watch. (laughs) You can tell you get real joy out of cooking and being in the kitchen and preparing things for your kids. I think you, didn't you make bagels not too long ago? I did. Who would like the first bagel? I like to take on occasionally a big project like bagels. My little sister made croissant, croissant, how do you say it? Croissant. You croissant did. recently. Yeah. And I said, I don't think I can do that. Oh, but, I bet you could. But I'd like to just say, I wonder if I could, you know, John cans tomatoes. And, and I was just talking to him in the car this morning and saying, okay, I'm ready to do this. Tell me exactly what to do. And this weekend, I'm going to go home and can tomatoes for sure. John is John Foraker, the CEO of their company, Once Upon a Farm. 
you'll meet him a little bit later. And so as part of that, I guess you get to try foods, suggest foods. And are the networks banging down your door to do a real cooking show and not just a pretend cooking show? I can't imagine you haven't been approached. Come on. (laughs) You know, Ina Garten. Oh, yes. Our common crush. It is an homage to Ina and to Barefoot Contessa and the comfort that I get and how much I've learned about cooking from her and and from Martha Stewart before her and from this whole genre. But I don't know enough to to fill an hour or half an hour. Oh, I don't know. I think it would be great. And and Ina, I mean, she is pretty amazing, isn't she? Pretty amazing. Talk about somebody who knows business. She is so smart, that woman. Has she given you any tips on this business? Yeah, I think I had a similar conversation that that you were talking about with her about how to hire people. I loved that you brought that up. Ina says hire happy because you can teach someone how to about cheese. about cheese, but you can't teach them how to be happy. And there there is something about that. You know, if you want to have a teammate, be a teammate. You kind of have to be in it with everyone. I think people get their energy from people around them and you want positivity and people to feel like they can do and nothing's worse than having a like wah wah mm-hmm. around you and an energy sucker or vampire like they say. Oh, it's the worst. There's so many women who are doing cool entrepreneurial things. Do you ever talk to like Gwyneth Paltrow or Jessica Alba about business or not really? I am so impressed by them. I'm a little intimidated by them, to be oh. honest. But, um, but I would talk to them if I were sitting in the room with them, of course, and be so fascinated by their journey and why they made the decisions they've made and where they see themselves going and how they see it all kind of working out. But if I'm really going to talk innovation, it, I am talking with John Foraker. We talk a lot about Everyone in the organic industry is trying to find the next new high-end product or the next new like ingredient that no one's thought of before. And we're trying to innovate instead of up to the tip of the pyramid, down and out, so that it's available for everyone. And I think we're trying to push our colleagues to do the same. Purpose-driven companies are now kind of everywhere. Mm-hmm. And I guess my only cautionary note, not that I'm an expert on any of this, is that when companies are inauthentic mm-hmm. and they're kind of doing it for their image instead of for their real heart. Right. You know, any good that you do is still good. Even if it is for the picture on Instagram, I really do believe if you've done good, you've done good. It's helped someone great. But if you want people to respond to it, it sure helps if you mean what you say. It can be easy to have a pretty cynical outlook on celebrity-driven brands, but after spending just a few minutes with Jennifer, it was clear that she isn't just doing this for the gram. She and the rest of her Once Upon a Farm colleagues seem to really care deeply about their work, and it shows, especially in their efforts to make sure that their food is available to people who rely on government assistance. We'll have more on that right after this. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? 
Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Once Upon a Farm is rethinking nutrition for kids and rethinking it in a way that if 18,000 stores carries fresh pet food, and yet the baby food that you buy is older than the baby that you're feeding it to, there is something wrong with the way we have grown to accept what we're feeding our children. So we are putting out there farm fresh, full of nutrition, full of bright, vibrant flavors and colors, and food for babies in your refrigerated section. I wanted to hear more about the company, so I asked Sean Foraker, the CEO of Once Upon a Farm, what attracted him to this venture. You were the CEO of Annie's, which was one of the front runners or the leaders in this space. Why did you say, you know, this is so exciting. I'm going to quit my old job and start something totally new. My old job was a lot easier than this. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's the personal challenge of like trying to do something big again and seeing a big need that Jen just alluded to, that there's an opportunity to do just a lot better for our babies and to partner with a really small team of really passionate people and see how much change we could drive. And not just for rich kids in you know Beverly Hills or San Francisco or New York, but for all kids. And that was just too big of an opportunity to pass up. That is such a key phrase when it comes to your company, all kids. And Jen, that came from your work with Save the Children, I know. You were exposed to really deplorable situations for a lot of kids in this country. And you thought, this isn't right, this isn't fair. Tell us, did you have an aha moment about this? It's more of a combination of small ahas. There, There's the aha of 
everywhere that I've gone in the country for Save the Children, and I've gone back again and again and again in the 11 years I've worked for them, whether it's Quinault Nation at the very tip top of Washington State or South Carolina, Mississippi, West Virginia, Kentucky, or all over California or D.C. or Vermont, or I've crisscrossed the country visiting the poorest areas in the rural parts of those states. And I've just seen the similarities and the differences. And the way that we fundraise over the last 11 years has changed so that we're pushing and looking for businesses to lead in a way that we didn't used to. Um, we used to rely, even 11 years ago, much more on government. And we still do. We're a public-private partnership. But business has to lead. So then you eventually feel like, well, shoot, then I better be a business. So in addition to our work with Save the Children, Jen decided... I'm tired of asking other people for money. I better get in there myself and make a change that I want to see. Talk about how you're making your product affordable, which obviously is the cornerstone. Jen, your mom grew up on a rural farm in Oklahoma, and now the family farm is actually providing Mm -hmm. some of the produce for the food that you're making, which is a great full circle. But it is very challenging in terms of accessibility to let underserved families have access to this food and make it so they can afford it. Can you give us the cliff notes, John, about the process you have to go through? The cliff notes is there's a federal program that's administered by the states called the Women, Infant, Children Health Program. And it allows underserved communities and families to get access to fresh fruits and vegetables and baby food and other things. And so we decided very early on, in fact, day one, that we decided to do this together, that we were going to make fresh baby food available under the WIC program in every state we possibly could. I talked to a few people about that idea who've been in the food industry with me for a long time, and they said, you're insane. Like, that's not going to happen. We had to completely re-engineer our supply chain. We had to think about where things are made, where the vegetables and fruits are coming from. Because of proximity Uh, to the stores? In any packaged food, a lot of the cost is not actually the food itself. It's everything else. It's the transportation. It's the packaging. So we redesigned with the same great ingredients to develop a line of products that we could get to a price point and with the right nutritionals that are required by the federal program to allow us to be WIC eligible. And so we are WIC eligible on our core line of these uh, two-pack bowls, and we're now getting those approved in every state that we can for access to those populations. But it's been quite a process, and you're approved in six states. Six states now, yeah. Right. And how long do you think it'll take, John, before you guys can be sold in every state oh, in the country? I, yeah. I, I, I would like it to be tomorrow, but yeah. it's going to be a while. We're a minute out from yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think there's 15 or 16 states now that allow organic um, baby food in their WIC program. We're in about six now. I think we'll be in 12 or so by this time next year. What are some of your favorite products that you all have done? I'd love to hear from both of you because right now I'm super hungry. And (laughs) I just want to hear about some that you really like. Green kale and apple is one of our core baby food flavors. It sounds crazy, but like I snack on it. It's green kale, apples, chia. It's amazing. Like Really? That's one of my favorites. Are they all in pouches? Most of our line right now is in pouches, but we're coming into other product formats too. And as Jen mentioned, we're starting to age up. We want to be a brand that's baby's first foods all the way up to about age 12. So really like a kid nutrition brand, solving the lunchbox problem, helping parents do that. It's very hard to do. And 
to build a brand like that across multiple categories is really hard work. And fresh baby food didn't exist, and it should have existed years and years ago. So I think of Baby Boom. Do you remember that movie yes, with Diane Keaton? When I hear yeah. about the company, I always think about Diane Keaton. That's kind Keaton, of how I feel. Right? Like I'm just driving around in my station wagon filled with, you know, mama bear blueberries. <laughs> I mentioned this in the in our bigger conversation, but I want to mention it here too is there was a woman who wrote to you on Instagram. Mm-hmm. As an adult, I enjoyed a few of these in my post-chemo misery when eating was tough. It was a great way to get fruits and veggies allowed in my immunosuppressed diet. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So it's wonderful when you see something you're doing, helping people that you never imagined it right. would be helping, right? Well, moms whose children have diabetes or who have celiac or different allergies, I hear from them a lot. It's just nice to feel like you're helping. And is this sort of your sole focus when you think about your life five, ten years from now? I hate the words vision board, but everyone seems Mm -hmm. to use that now. What do you see before you? Happy kids. I just want happy kids, my own. (laughs) Selfishly, that's the first thing I see. If my kids are happy, then I'm okay. But other than that, my gosh, I see lunchboxes being filled with fresh, nutritious choices that delight children (laughs) and that, you know, and that help create more jobs for sustainable, regenerative agriculture and great farmers. And I see that going hand in hand. I I probably work as much for SAVE as I do on anything else. And so I can't not see in the future and see, you know, some policy changes that focus more on poor kids in our country and more on birth to five. Well, I not only adore you, I really appreciate everything you do and respect what you're doing out in the world. And so happy to be able to have this conversation. Jen, right back at you. thank you so much. My time with Jennifer and John was coming to a close, but as you heard, I was really hungry. And they happened to bring a few of their products with them. Okay, what do I do? I smush it around. Before we go, I want to try... I'm trying a, a berry, berry, quite contrary, although I'm very excited about Jen and the Giant Squash, which is coming uh-huh. soon to a store near you. You guys, it'll, how many stores are you available in? 10,000. 10,000 stores. Jen and the Giant Squash, it's, it's only just, squash that has been grown on my tiny family farm in Oklahoma. So you got to so get it, it online. very limited. <laughs> and you guys, cheers. Yeah. I'm having Mama Bear cheers. Blueberry. Apple, sweet potato, blueberry, water, coconut milk. All organic. And only 90 calories. <laughs> 50. Thank you, Katie. Thank you, Jim. Thank you, John. <laughs> the sound of someone sucking out of a pouch on I know. a podcast is really... Is this, this is, what, it, what is that weird thing? That, <laughs> that MR, AS, ASMR. I oh, that. I right? It, that is so I weird. I hate it. <laughs> this is me drinking a smoothie. Let's listen to the smoothie. Here. Mmm. Mmm. <laughs> I I don't get it. It's just the weirdest thing ever. Totally using it. (laughs) I really, really like Jennifer Garner. Now I just call her Jen or JG. I thought she was warm and funny and authentic, but I also found her to be really thoughtful and smart. She clearly cares deeply about her work with Save the Children, and I was so impressed by how much time she spent traveling around the country to see and understand rural poverty up close. I'd love to do a documentary with her on the subject one of these days because it's still so in the shadows. 
Clearly, Jen's parents did a great job raising her. So congratulations, Mr. and Mrs. Garner, if you're listening. And Jen, thank you. And everyone, Jennifer Garner is as nice as she seems. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. And until we meet again, make sure to follow me on Instagram. I'm at Katie Couric and sign up for my daily newsletter. It's called Wake Up Call. And you can do that by going to katiecouric.com. Next Question with Katie Couric is a production of iHeartRadio and Katie Couric Media. The executive producers are Katie Couric, Lauren Bright Pacheco, Julie Douglas, and Tyler Klang. Our show producers are Bethann Macaluso and Courtney Litz. The supervising producer is Dylan Fagan. Associate producers are Emily Pinto and Derek Clements. Editing is by Dylan Fagan, Derek Clements, and Lowell Berlanti. Our researcher is Barbara Keene. For more information on today's episode, go to katiecouric.com and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at katiecouric. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.